The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, the Pirates fall tonight in Orlando. 20 to 16 the final score east carolina's offense an opportunity to put the knights away late in the fourth quarter could not do it ecu's defense an opportunity to put ucf away late in the fourth quarter could not do it and this one slips away from the pirates tonight in orlando frustrating loss weave and we'll break it down right here on the u.s sailor fifth quarter college yeah definitely frustrating because ecu had all the chances in the world to win this ball game and uh could have should have would have but it didn't happen 317-1250 we're taking your calls we're with you until the last caller is served here on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show we'll come back and kick it off after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, the number on the fixed NC live line. It is the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. Felt like uh, for a lot of that game, we were going to be celebrating on a Saturday night. But UCF pulls it out in the end, 20-16. to Thanks to tiebreakers for the post-game food, burgers, wings, hand-cut, hand-breaded chicken tenders, Fresh salads, cold beer, that's your starting lineup. For tiebreakers, they've been keeping customers happy for 20 years. I went with the uh, cheesesteak and a wrap, as did Weave tonight. Uh, we had some wings. We uh, we did it right. Shirley had the community family-style fried pickles passing around, so yep. we were uh, good to go. Thanks to tiebreakers, great spot to watch games, and uh, you can get takeout like we did as well. And you can put ranch on it put some ranch on it uh 317-1250 dave cameron kenny coming up and uh uh, oh by the way we probably should mention yes alabama on the ropes a&m just scored again still in the first half but it is 23 to 10 pat pending as texas a&m is putting it on the tide right Mm. now this will be a huge upset in uh, college football all right let's uh start off tonight's program with chris in oriental up first hey chris Hey, how y'all doing? I got a few things here. I want to say uh, congrats to the players tonight. They played their hearts out, and uh, the defense definitely played their hearts out. What a stellar game on defense. They were all over the field, running left and right. You know, great tackles. Um, a couple of things I saw wrong. I think it was uh, the second quarter, and we were down there on the five-yard line, and it was third and goal, and I decided to run it on third and goal. I don't I don't agree with that. You put in Garcia, yes, he's run good before, but you put him in trying to run a touchdown, you know, third and five, just throw it, you know, throw, throw it to the outside, back of the end zone, probably a touchdown. I mean, I don't understand that part at all. And the, the second thing is the I saw tonight a lot was run, run, and then third down you have to try to get a, you know, a passing yardage attempt to get a first down. I don't. I just I'm gonna get off here and let y'all uh, tell me your feedback, but I just don't I don't understand that at all. 
All right, thanks for the call, Chris. I think a lot of calls on offense and particularly one on defense we can yeah. dissect tonight that we disagree with that didn't go the Pirates' way. But, uh, yeah, the, the Mason call, a strange one there, Weave. It, yeah, it was strange because the teams are expecting that now. They've seen it twice already. And anybody that gets any film from East Carolina is going to know that when 10 comes in, and, of course, you're taking Holt Nailers and you're putting him out at wide receiver. He was out on the, the far side, at, uh, lined up as a wide receiver decoy that's not going to work the third time when when teams see that so we that was kind of a head scratcher for us as well defensively like um clip mentioned the big head scratcher for us defensively we were screaming at the tv when you got them at fourth and eight a minute 50 uh left to play fourth and eight you bring three you drop two in a two deep zone and your your linebackers back you don't bring any pressure and they pick up the fourth and eight i think to me that was the play of the game for ucf yeah i mean you had just gone three and out on offense so your offense couldn't get it done your defense has them right there at fourth and eight yeah. to play before you send the you sent the, the house. entire house I don't know if you send the entire house again, but you certainly put a blitz Absolutely. on the young, inexperienced uh, freshman quarterback. You don't let him sit back there, pat the yep. ball, pat the ball, find a receiver. Yeah, it was uh, that was head scratching and uh, did not work for East Carolina. All right, let's go next to Kenny in Blunt's Creek. Hey, Kenny. Hey guys, uh, you know, good effort for the guys tonight, uh, but uh, good effort don't win ball games sometimes. Uh, it comes down to fumble on the goal line at the beginning of the game, which you can't have happen. And you can't just you can't have that. You got to come away with points. And then the fourth and eight, like you're talking about, is that's this is a horrible defensive call. You got to pressure the guy. The guy's a second starting quarterback. So second game, you go after him. You 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 play at East Carolina. You play to win the dang game, and you didn't do that tonight. You did the same crap where you play not to lose, and then it cost you. Um, you know, look we. We went down there and we played in a hostile environment. But in another game, just like South Carolina, should have won the game. And, and I'll just leave it at that. You know, we can't lose next week. As Russ says, we'll do, we can't beat off. So let's just go on and get ready for Houston. Hey, thank you guys for everything you do. All right, man, Kenny. Kenny in Blunt's Creek. I said it to you, Weave. I don't know if we want to rank the losses this year. This I one know, felt yeah, a lot like South Carolina. Hey, yeah, when he when he said that, I thought exactly that when we were talking about that. This did feel like that South Carolina game. It was right there in your your hands. It was there for the taking, and uh, they just didn't. You know, and and those are the time, both of those games. The offense just kind of sputtered. Offense yeah. didn't get it going, and once again, I mean, how many times are we going to look at the uh, the box score and see four of fourteen on third down? Um, you know, they they had two. They picked up two third down conversions on their first two drives. There was a third and seven, and a third and like twelve or something like that. They hit over the middle with Tyler Sneed. Those are two third down conversions in the first two drives of the game for East Carolina. They had only two more third down conversions the rest of the game. Third down is is just brutal for East Carolina. Yeah. The first caller had mentioned it: run, run, and then you you know you're getting stuffed on you know first down and second down. You're getting maybe one two maybe three yards and then you're still third in in long situations seven eight nine yards and those are hard to pick up three one seven twelve fifty cameron is up next in greenville hey cameron clip billy we should have won that game i am i am just shot in the stomach i mean it just blows my mind how on fourth and eight with a freshman quarterback that's probably in his biggest fourth down of his career, we take a timeout, a timeout, and then come back out after the timeout and only rush three guys? 
Steven Igo and his bowl cut haircut needs to get that press conference and ask Mike Houston and Blake Harrell what the heck they were thinking right there. That makes absolutely no sense. We should have won this game by two scores at least. If we could capitalize in the red zone, I just don't I don't get the inconsistency with Donnie Kirkpatrick mainly, and then also the inconsistency with Holton. Has the coaching staff told Holton not to run the ball as much as he has? I can't remember what part of the game, but we were it was it was like third down and I want to say four or five to get the goal position. And Holton has a clear path yeah. to Ajay in front of him to get the first down. And he throws it to CJ. Through the yeah. back of the end zone, corner of the end zone. Yeah, we, we thought the same thing, that he had running room right there and didn't take it. Yeah, it, it, it just the decision-making between our coach, offensive coordinator mainly the whole season, you know, and with bad decision-making from the offensive coordinator leads to more bad decisions from the quarterback. It just blows my mind some of these decisions we're making, guys. I mean, and, and we, we were in control of that game. I can honestly say I believe, I truly believe, that we were the better team on both sides of the ball compared to UCS. And that, that's just my opinion. But like I said, it just some of these offensive coordinator coaching decisions, especially in the last, our last screen out, why is Keaton Mitchell back there? He's a talented player. We need a power running back in that situation to try and gain some yards and melt the clock. I, I just don't understand. You know, Holt missed. I'm going to you that probably would have been a touchdown pass. It, he took some bad sacks. I just, I just don't understand some of these decision-makings. These, these bad decisions are costing us games. We were the better team. And it just, it, like I said, Donnie Kirkpatrick, I just don't, I don't understand him. He plays not to lose. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, it just blows my mind. I thought we would learn from the South Carolina game. I mean, I don't, understand, I don't understand Donnie Kirkpatrick's play calling, and then I don't understand taking a timeout and only rushing three guys on the fourth down and eight. And, like, it's a heartbreaking loss. You know, we're, we're on the right path of the program, but, you know, how many times have we come close? There's got to be a point where you step over the mark. I mean, we should have won this game tonight, guys. Now we get to a bye week and we have to go against Houston, who I think Houston and SMU, apart from Cincinnati, are the, are the best teams in the AAC. So it, I'm just mind-boggled by some of the coaching decisions. I mean, except from the offense coordinator, especially that last fourth down. And like I said, as always, go Pirates. But we should have won that game tonight, boys. We should have won that game. All right. Thank you, Cameron. 317-1250. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it, it, it comes down to consistency. This team, and we've said this all year, we're, we're riding the roller coaster of inconsistency. And if this team can be consistent, but that's what good teams do. I mean, really good teams are consistent yeah, week in and week out. Clearly not there yet. And, and, and yeah, yeah. And I agree. The program is, is headed in the right direction. You just got to get more consistent. And the third down efficiency is just, it's a head scratcher. Yeah. It really is. All right, Dave in Greenville's next. Hey, Dave. Hey, boys. Hey, look. Uh, I don't know why everybody's so surprised. It's part of football. I mean, everybody, we all want to win. But if you would have told me that happened before the game, I would have been like, yep, I, no, that's, that's going to happen. Well, a couple things here, maybe some stats to consider. How many catches did C.J. Johnson have tonight? Zero. Yeah. All right. I don't even know if he was thrown to at all. He, he was thrown to in the back of the end zone on the uh, the run play. Uh, it was Holton, where we we thought Holton was going to run, he threw it in the back of the end zone, and it was out Ran of bounds. Out of room. And that was the only thing I was going to say. Um, I don't know if they told you know Holton not to run, but he probably would have got a, a first down for sure, maybe even a touchdown. And I wanted to be the first caller because everyone is saying exactly what I want to say, so I don't want to rehash it. But it's kind of like if all four of the callers or three callers before me had the same exact thoughts I have. What does our offensive coordinator and our defensive coordinator think about it? And we're all just local yokels 
you know, who was a love for ECU football, and we can see this playing as day. You know, um, that last drive on offense, we ran the same play back-to-back. I wouldn't do that with my youth football team. You know what I'm saying? Or my middle school football team. You can't run the same play back-to-back, and then it's third and eight, and you throw, you know, an incomplete pass. It's just, like the other caller said, blows my mind. And then last thing I want to say is um, um, we we drop eight and run three. I mean, that's the middle school defense, too. Don't let them get behind you. I mean, we got to be more aggressive. And it's like some of the comments are saying, we are playing not to lose, not to win. And I think we need to be more aggressive. And uh, I hope there's some hard comments, I mean, some hard questions on Monday from, from the uh, the media. But uh, love your show. Go Pirates. Uh, I want to listen to the voice later. Bye. All right. Thank you, Dave in Greenville. Anything we've <laughs> no, I, I agree. The prevent defense call there just was mind boggling to me. I, I just think that you know you got to bring some pressure, and you know what? In that situation too, when it's fourth and eight, and if you bring pressure and say you get beat on the back end, that's a minute fifty seconds. You still got, I think, East Carolina might have had two timeouts left there at least one and you got a minute 50 you're down four that's a better situation than having 20 seconds left on the clock with one timeout, and you need absolutely you need a miracle um so i mean i I think you roll the dice there man and you just come with pressure and and you you kind of i mean the base defense for blake harrell is blitzing yeah it's almost like uh, he over thought himself there yeah and, and that was the comment we made during that you know when it happened it's like did, did he overthink it what's what's going on there i just i don't know i i just i just like to be aggressive and i and i think you know mike houston wants to be he wants to be a power football team he wants to be aggressive he wants to be physical but in that case right there that wasn't aggressive for me all right let's uh get a break in 317-1250 you're listening to the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show Alabama's going to go to the locker room down 14 points to Texas A&M. There is a shocking score on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. We will have scores for you and all your calls. Jeff, Monica, Jared, and Mitchell are up next when we return after these words. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, in the third quarter, it is number 16 Kentucky leading LSU 21-7. The big story is what's going on between Alabama and Texas A&M. It is halftime, and Texas A&M leads the tie 24-10. Michigan has a 13-0 lead over Nebraska at the half. Virginia Tech has a uh, two-point lead over Notre Dame. 16-14 is that score in the third quarter. Tulsa has a 7-0 lead over Memphis in the second. And San Diego State has a 7-0 lead over New Mexico. In the NLDS game two between the Dodgers and the Giants, the Dodgers are up 1-0 in the top of the second inning and that is a look at your buck scoreboard brought to you by the buccaneer music halls your beacon of music in the land of the pirates in eastern north carolina the buck is open from noon until 2 a.m with live music every night and now during football season they have food trucks during the day follow the buck on facebook and instagram for an updated schedule and we will see you at the buck now let's head back into the u.s cellular fifth quarter post game call-in show here's your host clip rock 
Marty back with you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Thanks to tiebreakers for the awesome uh, post-game food. Check them out on Sunday. They'll have all the NFL games on, and uh, you can enjoy some great food. Burgers, wings, hand-cut, hand-breaded chicken tenders, fresh salads, cold beer. It's all there for you at tiebreakers. All right, 317-1250. Lines locked and loaded tonight. Jeff, Monica, Jared, hang on. Let's go to Mitchell in Charlotte. Hey, Mitchell. Mitchell. Hey, uh, hey guys. Uh, just wanted to say, man, just really disappointed we couldn't get the win. Another game where our defense plays a really good game. Uh, just wish we could get the win. Play calling, real suspect, as everyone said. Uh, I don't know. Just looking at the score, man, we terrible on third down. More turnovers than them, but had the ball longer. Like, just really a game where I wish we could have got a win. Uh, I don't know what you guys were thinking about, man. Uh, but, yeah, it's tough, man. Kirkpatrick continues to disappoint. But, um, yeah, it's just an unfortunate day. I said it going into, you know, all week, that going into the season, you, this one is a loss on the schedule. But then their quarterback goes down. They yep. have all these other injuries. We win three in a row. They lose two in a row. So you had some optimism going into the game. Maybe they could pull one out. And then when you watch it with your eyeballs, you say, well, we certainly belong on this field. And at some point in that game, we certainly deserve to win this game. We're going to win this game. And that's why it hurts, because you had every opportunity in the world, both offense and defense, to put them away in the fourth quarter. And they could not do that. And this is a bad loss. This is a game you had in your hands and let it slip away yeah and especially if you can win on the road at a place like ucf it would have been a big momentum booster for east carolina uh going into an off week and and you know uh, one of the callers earlier said it and I, I think i agree east carolina looked like the better team on the field and unfortunately tonight the better team i don't think won 317-1250 jared's up next in washington dc hey jared hey guys you know the more things change the more they stay the same I feel like this was a couple years ago when we were playing UCF and we lost because of four o'clock management late. I mean, they that time they threw a Hail Mary, this time they scored a touchdown with 20 seconds left. And the clock management was horrible. At this point, do we trust Donnie Kirkpatrick to call a good offensive game plan? Because it's just back to those old East Carolina days, run first down, run second down, throw a short pass on third down and then punt. The problems are deep. The team played great tonight. You know, there were some issues, you know, that third down with Holton. I think at this point, you know, they're telling him not to run and you can tell that he wants to because he leaned into it and then just backed off and tried to throw that pass to CJ. It wasn't there. And that was one of those momentum play, momentum changing plays that kind of killed everything. That fourth down on defense was inexcusable. That that was the opportunity to win the game. You have to send pressure at a true freshman QB and probably the most important play of his young career. If this one sucks, can't do much about it. You know, we get we got a bye week before Houston, so let's just get back on the right track. Go Pirates! <laughs> All right, Jared. This you know, one it sucks. It, can't do much about it. Yeah. I can really relate to that. Uh, yeah, that phrase. Yeah, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we can sit here and break it down easily this way. And you know, because I had said it before on fourth and eight, right there. If you bring the house like you did the play before, and they beat you on the back end with one fifty to play, you've got time. You're down four, but you know, obviously, like I said 
hindsight's 2020. That was the situation anyway, uh, where they did score eventually. And, you know, there was 20 seconds left on the clock. You got one timeout. So obviously it would have been a better situation had you just gambled. And, and, and I don't even think it was a gamble to bring pressure. It might have been a gamble to bring the whole house the way they did the play before. Right. Yeah. But you didn't bring earlier any on pressure. Facebook say, bring five, bring, bring uh, yeah. a couple linebackers. But to drop eight? Yeah. Uh, I just, I, it, and you had been getting to them too. We've Absolutely. seen earlier in this year, which I guess like App State, I'm thinking about in particular, where we kept sending a blitz and could not get to them. Right. So at that point, maybe you do just back off. They were getting to them tonight. Yes. They were yes. sacking them. They were hitting them. The play before we got to them. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Forced I mean, they they throw. they brought the house on that one, and that yeah. we forced the quick throw, and 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 it wasn't you know wasn't really a catchable ball. Um, you just got to bring pressure in that situation. That was just that was the big baffling play to me. I agree. Three one seven twelve fifty. Monica is up next in Greenville. Hey, Monica. Hey guys. Um, wow. Did we lay an egg tonight or what? Um, this was really a head scratcher of a game. The better team did not win on that field tonight. We are a better team than what we saw. I mean. You know, there were hardly any points scored. Nobody saw this coming tonight. This came out of left field. The bottom line is, you know, there were two teams going in different directions coming into this game tonight. You had ECU coming off of three wins and pretty high coming into this game. And you had a very injured UCF and licking their wounds coming into this game. If you take a look at UCF, you know, they're playing a freshman quarterback, a true freshman who's seen one game. Um, we should have been um, getting pressure, more pressure on that quarterback, forcing turnovers and making his life hell tonight. And I didn't see us doing that. Um, you know, when you look at the game tonight, I really didn't see us doing enough of that. You take a look at all of their starters who were out, out of center, out of cornerback, a linebacker, defensive tackle, wide receiver, running back, and their quarterback. We just didn't capitalize on the opportunity, the gift that we had in front of us and I'm putting that right in the hands of the coaching tonight because we were the more athletic team. And we have the, the most prolific athlete in, I think, NCAA football right now in Keaton Mitchell. I just don't know how we blew this one tonight. Um, and I am laying it on, on the coaches tonight. It was poor clock management at the end. And to send only, uh, you know, to rush three, three guys, three defenders on fourth and eight, that's just horrible. Um, also, you know, I, when we had back to back offside penalties, uh, there, um, in the game uh, to, to let them, you know, march on down the field, it was just the most frustrating loss I think uh, of the year. Um, and I'm laying this one on the coaches. It just was a poorly coached game, frustrating loss. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the problem I have too, or the, the issue I have is, now we're going to go off a bye week. We don't know who we are as a, as a team. We don't know how to win. We don't even know how to lose at this point. And now we're going to we're going to have a bye week where we have this downtime. We got to play Houston, and then we got to come around on a short week and 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 play on a Thursday night. Who knows who we are at this point? Um, I'm still going to pull for my Pirates. Go Pirates! And hey, I just want to congratulate Shirley as I hang up on uh, congrats Shirley on I think it was two twenty six. So heard that today. So congratulations on your two two hundred and twenty six consecutive um, uh, uh, calls you've had or or that, that you've been um, hosting your show. So congrats on that. But what a frustrating game tonight, guys. I'll hang up and listen to the rest of the show. So 
Thank God for the fifth quarter. Go Pirates. Thanks, Monica. <laughs> Thanks, Monica. Shout out to the Iron Woman, Shirley Rhodes, yeah. the Cal Ripken of the pregame and postgame show. All right, 317-1250. Well, I do need to clarify something, though. What's that? It is not my 226 consecutive fifth quarter because there were a couple of seasons where we did pregame and then other people did postgame. All right, yeah. So that would not, it would not count for fifth quarter. But Bud for Light pregame tailgate. For the Bud Light pregame tailgate, there that was go. my 226 consecutive one. Wow. That's nuts. That's that's yeah. a lot. That right. is that's a Cal lot. Ripken-esque. Yep. Thank you. All right, Jeff is up next in Chicago. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, um, my name's not Jeff. I actually was going to pretend to be Jeff Comper, and I don't get the energy. <laughs> oh, man. So, well, thank you for your honesty. Yeah. The reality is, man, I'm just tired of this crap. This falls at the coach's feet. The fact that Donnie Kirkpatrick can't call a game that actually scores points, the fact that the – the the, the the climate that 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 seemingly the head coach has set where they don't run it they don't run their backers they don't blitz they don't put any freaking penetration on the quarterback the freshman quarterback when the time calls for it is an endemic of, of what mike houston has done and i'm tired of it and donnie kirkpatrick is not the answer and i don't i know that we all got a big high off the of last game of, of what happened and, and a big high off of the Marshall game who has seemingly fell, fallen off the map. But the answer is, is not Donnie Kirkpatrick as, as OCD. The answer is seemingly right now, not Mike Houston as the head coach. And the reality is we're a team that was better than what we showed tonight. We should have scored at least 14 more points than we scored tonight and won that game walking away with with air still in our lungs and 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 not walked away like we did in close to what we did when Brashad Perriman freaking scored a Hail Mary uh, you know however many years ago this was ridiculous and this falls directly at the feet of Mike Houston and I hope he has his pipe and he can take it and fly it very very high and come back next week or the next game and figure out how to freaking win a few in a row. Because if they, he doesn't get to a bowl game this year, the reason that he will not get renewed and the reason that he will no longer be the head coach of the East Carolina Pirates and the reason he will be headed back to DQ or FCS or wherever he goes is because of the fact that he can't get his OC and he can't get his DC on the same page and he's too hard-headed to actually win a freaking game and I'm tired of it. I'm 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 exhausted with the Pirates and I'm tired of hoping and being let down and that's my opinion and I'm in Raleigh and not in Chicago and Jeff Comfort again as I said before <laughs> get paper cuts every day of his life for the rest of his life a thousand of them. Uh, All right. Good night. Not Jeff and not Chicago is really tired. He's <laughs> tired of everything. Um, it's it's frustrating. It yeah. really is. It's it's a frustrating game to watch. It really is because I think everybody's on the same page with this is a better team than that. It's a better team than they than than what they showed. Um, you know, and I said before the game, you know, I thought it was going to be in the high thirties. Um, East Carolina came in scoring, you know, much more than that. Heck, UCF was coming in scoring, what, 40 points a game, something like that. 3-3 at halftime. 
I'm thinking, what's going on here? Nobody is scoring. You know, I think one of the other disappointing things to me that I noticed, the 16-play drive where it was very obvious the UCF defensive linemen, the defense, they were sucking wind. They were they were just out of wind. They were they were not looking good at all. And you only get three points out of that. That was very frustrating. Not to be able to punch that long, sustained drive in for a touchdown. And, now, was that the same drive where there was a blatant face mask on Keaton and yeah, that was they never not called? The, never showed the replay. Remember, yeah. they put the graphic up of Keaton they, Mitchell. I mean, Keaton got spun completely yeah, around and yeah. it was never called. I would and, love to have seen the replay on that because at first look, it was, I mean... It looked like a blatant face mask. And, and Keaton Mitchell, even after they blew the play dead, he pulled on his face mask to say, hey, refs, you know, you're going to make the call. I, I just – that was a little baffling as well. Uh, as someone who is on the air 15 hours a week on uh, Pirate Radio Live, this is pretty funny from Chris. I don't know if he's being funny or if he's uh, – but anyway, he said on Facebook, typical football week in Greenville, Monday and Tuesday, complain about the loss. Wednesday, talk about how great the Peach Bowl win was. Thursday, talk about how long it's been since we were at a bowl game. Friday, dream about what happens if we win on Saturday. All right, that's the week. He's got it set up. I know what I'm doing uh, next week, unfortunately. That was pretty funny, Chris. Uh, but, man, it would have been awesome to but what have. do you do on a Saturday off if you do all that? What's, what's the Saturday off? We talk Regiment. basketball. Hey, <laughs> I don't at ECU. Know. Talk about how great Blue Edwards is, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Replay some baseball games. Uh, so, anyway, Sean, Kyle, Archer, George, hang on. We're getting to your calls when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call in show. We are back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you on the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. Disappointing result tonight. UCF wins it 20-16. to A sluggish defensive performance. Field goal contest for a lot of that game. And uh, East Carolina had many opportunities to put UCF away. Could not do it. Pirates fall to 3-3 three and three on the year. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Sailor locations. Experience the highest standard of customer service next to Little Caesars on Charles Boulevard in Greenville in front of Lowe's Home Improvement on Memorial Drive in Greenville next to Walmart on 10th Street in Greenville and the U.S. Sailor store in the Greenville Mall uh, behind the Chick-fil-A. That was a great play it was. by the uh, quarterback, quarterback Young, quarterback, yeah. uh, Alabama. Uh, as the, tra- the Tide are trailing by 14 yeah but but they're about to turn it up right here they're driving a huge play by bryce young there to get away from a sack and convert a first down all right sean kyle archer hang on let's go to george next in Merritt, north carolina hey george how y'all doing all right and i hope y'all commentated that game the woman was worse than nails on a chalkboard <laughs> and the dude with her might as well have been asleep how many pirates agree with me i go i love your haircut <laughs> i love it that was great i um, love it yeah if dc if dc would have won probably be talking a lot more about the announcers right now yeah the actual yeah. game and well, really, well in the helmets the helmets were chipped to they hell were, they were chipped um the uh the production like they went from 
absolute silence. To the woman screaming, touchdown! Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was. Brutal. It was very weird. The whole thing, you couldn't hear the crowd at all. It was, uh, it was awful. A little better in the second half hearing the crowd, but the yeah, the audio issues were a problem. Um, I didn't particularly like the the high angle video camera, the the what we call the game camera, way too wide, couldn't even see what was going on. Um, you know, there were lots of other technical issues for us and you know former TV guys that I that picked up on. But it is an ESPN Plus production, so it, it kind of is what it is. All right, Archer, you're up next in uh, Emerald Isle. Hello. Hey, fellas, what's going on? So hey. Hey, listen, I'm calling in. You know, I'm not one of those guys that likes to call in and, and dissect too much. You know, my family was going to games, lived on the outskirts of Greenville my whole life, went to th- every game we could. And I'm just sitting here listening to a lot of negativity. And, and look, it is it is. I appreciate that when people are calling in, angry, pissed off, whatever you want to call it. That means that we're concerned and we care about what's going on with Pirate football. But looking at the schedule, App State, South Carolina, we 17 points down with 10 minutes left against Marshall. We barely beat Charleston Southern. Tulane, granted, played Oklahoma well. All I'm saying is we might be expecting a little too much out of this team at this point in time. And instead of getting on them like they are supposed to be winning the national championship, let's be excited about the fact that they're competitive in a hostile environment against a team going to the Big 12. All I have to say is everyone has been talking offensively tonight, and that's fair. A lot of decisions I may have chosen differently, but then again, I'm not at a a football coach who spends 24 hours a day thinking about it. However, what I will say is our defense for the first time in a long time was really competitive. I think some of the calling at the end of the game could have gone differently, but I was really pleased to see what's going on. And here's what I will say. Everyone who's angry calling in from Blunt's Creek, Chicago, wherever you want to call it, show up in Dowdy Ficklin. Let's show them that we appreciate the Pirates. And um, all I can say is I, I, I back Mike Houston. All right. Thanks for the call, Archer. Some positivity there. I, I I back Mike Houston too. I, I don't. I think it's way too early to be calling for anybody's head. You know, as far as a head coach is concerned, uh, you can say what you what you want about assistant coaches and stuff like that because you know that that happens. Uh, Mike Houston, I, I think he's a good coach. I, I think they, you know, they're a competitive team, and I, I agree. There's there are a lot of positives, but you know, those just hurt. They just really do when you go on the road. It's tough to win on the road, and when you got a team on the ropes, you need to kind of complete it. We lost to South Carolina with a coach playing quarterback, and we lost right. tonight to a freshman backup. So it always seems to happen that way. I, I, I always, if you're an East Carolina fan, you hate to play a backup quarterback. It just never turns out well. Never does. Uh, let's go next to Kyle in the Grange. Hey, Kyle. What's going on, fellas? Uh, you know what? People call for Mike Houston's dead. You know, at the end of the season, if we're if we're Three and nine, we, we, you know, you can call for a hit then. But at this point, we're three and three. And considering where we came from under Scotty Montgomery and the Jeff Conn for five, that's just plain ignorant. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, people need to chill out just, just a tad. This is coming from Kyle from McGrange, for God's sake. Um, I'll I tell you what, a couple, com- couple things I want to comment on. A lot of people are saying we play super conservative on offense, play not to lose. Running the ball don't mean you're trying not to lose or playing super conservative. Nobody said we were playing super conservative when we were running the ball last week and ran for over 300 yards. Uh, I think what happened was they started getting to Holton in the second quarter, a lot of pressure. They were having to roll him out to really get any successful pass plays. And, you know, 
coach made the decision, we're going to establish the run. We were playing good defense. They weren't scoring much. And I really thought Houston thought if we gave the ball to Raja Harris, keep Mitchell enough, they'd break along when he kind of busts the game open. And it just didn't happen. What I think this game is is, is, is a game of missed opportunity, which some people have alluded to. You, you look in the first half, you, you go down, and, and, you, and you turn the ball over on the first offensive drive when we're getting ready to score or at least get three out of that. Keaton fumbles it. Then you, then you have another drive where we're getting ready to um, – it's a third down play, and Holton uh, could have pulled the ball and picked up a first down, maybe even got in the end zone. Instead, he decides to throw it, and uh, we end up having to kick a field goal. Um, there was a couple other offensive possessions where we just didn't take advantage of opportunities that were there that, you know, frustrating. Bottom line is we had them fourth and what was it fourth and seven, fourth and eight, whatever it was. Yeah, fourth fourth and eight with 150 to go. Yeah, if we get the stop there, nobody's talking about any of this crap. It that's right. Absolutely. That, that's the game right there. Yeah, exactly. I don't like the play call there. I think you got to be aggressive there. I, I don't – I think I know why he did it. That quarterback was not completing a lot of passes even when we didn't bring pressure. Our corners were making plays. And, you know, the last thing I guess he was thinking we needed to get do was beat – he didn't want to get beat over the top. He, did, he didn't want to give up an easy one. But I, I think you I think you got to bring pressure there. I think that was a mistake on uh, Blake Harrell and Mike Houston's part. Um, to me, that was the biggest coach flaw in the game. Um, give UCF some credit. I know they – look, UCF's quarterback is out. Their true freshman is very talented. <laughs> Do you guys remember a few years ago, UCF's quarterback was out in 2018, and they started a guy for the first time here, some kid from Virginia, who's not even with the program anymore. He never really played much after that season, and they beat the dog crap out of us. Y'all remember that? Yeah. And so tonight they were playing their backup, and we almost beat them. We were also playing them in the bounce house, a place they don't lose very often in Orlando. They were still a 10 point favorite. Despite all of those guys being out, they were a 10 point favorite. Um, we got a lot to build off of. We got an off week. I know everybody in the world thinks Houston's world beaters. I do not. I, I, I can't stand Danner Holgerson and his drunk Murdoch from the A-team looking ass. <laughs> I cannot stand him. I hope we go down there and skull thump him. But that's neither here nor there. First things first, guys, as Coach Ruff will say, we got to beat off. Go Pirates. All right. Thank you, Kyle in LaGrange. I, th- I think he hit it on the head with missed opportunities there because there were plenty of missed opportunities. I think the long, like I'd mentioned earlier, the long drive where they didn't score a touchdown there, missed opportunity there, missed opportunity obviously on the first drive with the fumble, uh, missed opportunity with the uh, the Holton Nailers where he didn't run and he threw the ball in the back of the end zone. That potentially could have been, uh, you know, uh, an extended drive there. So, yeah, missed opportunities uh, are definitely big in this game. 317-1250, Sean, you're up in Sanford. Hey, Sean. Hey. Hey. I uh kind of hard to talk the last two callers, but uh, clearly from what I've seen tonight, the team was – the better team lost. ECU had the talent for the first time since Ruffin McNeil was coaching when they would lose with the best team. This is the first time I've seen ECU play with the best team the better talent and lost and I it's just a dang shame and uh, just like Kyle was saying it is a lot of missed opportunities but uh, you know I hope Houston I hope Houston takes this bye week and just reflects on some of the decision making during the game because really the game should have never been close if they had played like they played against Tulane 
I, I don't even think we'd be sitting here talking about a close game. I think ECU would have blew them out of the water. And uh, that's all I've got to say. All it's right. Show you guys put on. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. It's starting to feel like uh, when I would do shows after during the rough era when ECU would have like 250 more yards than the other team yeah. and just kind of, you know, whatever, turn it over, not cash it in in the red zone and it just felt like we uh, had wins and they would get taken away from us so having flashbacks to that right now because we haven't had many of these over the last few years where you know you felt like you should win we've had so many blowouts and just games we weren't competitive in that's what makes this one hurt yeah. just like the south carolina game you, you should have won the game you had an opportunity to win the game yeah and i just wonder how much wind was taken out of the sails of the ecu pirates on that first drive because after scoring 52 points you come in you get the opening kickoff um you just basically march down the field the, that opening drive looked really good until that uh until the fumble and i'm just wondering how much wind that took out of the player's sails right there because three points the rest of the way for the first half uh, and defense still played well. I mean, you know that that is a bright spot. I think what three hundred and three hundred some yards uh, given up totally to to UCF on the road. That's that's a great defensive effort. All right, let's uh, get another break in. We'll come back. We got Terry, Kevin, Juan, and Chandler coming up on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call in show. Taking your calls. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. Uh, Texas Tech is trailing TCU by a score of 52-31 to 31 in the fourth quarter. And Kentucky has extended their lead over LSU as 35-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Number nine, Michigan. Leads Nebraska 19-7 in the third. Notre Dame is trailing Virginia Tech by one. It's 22-21 in the fourth quarter. Alabama still trailing Texas A&M 24-17 midway through the third quarter. And Memphis and Tulsa are tied at seven apiece in the second. San Diego State running away over New Mexico in the second quarter. 17-0 is that score. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. Open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night and food trucks during the day during football season. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. We'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Da Buck. Da Buck. Braves uh, win. Oh, buck, da, buck, da, buck, da, buck, da, buck. Are you trying to cut me off? Forgot about that. Jeez. Braves win. Braves win. Three to nothing over the Brewers. Series tied one game apiece. Right now, the Dodgers have a 2-1 lead over the Giants. Red the- Sox won last night, too. Sorry. I had to put that she's in got, there. She's got her hat. Everybody, her Boston Red Sox. I, hat I have on, to so represent. Everybody talking at the same time. Sorry. Uh, and the Dodgers lead. Yeah, 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 Hey, uh, don't you wish you were doing a post game show for the Braves instead of the Pirates? I wish I was doing anything else in the world. (laughs) 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 Oh, come on, Cliff. Come on, guy. Come Come on. on. Come on, man. 
Where's Johnny? Where is Johnny? Is Johnny calling in? Come on, man. He might. Hey, your Denver Broncos lost, baby. You don't bring any pressure on fourth and eight. Come on, man. Where's Joe and his seven damn gaps? Where's that guy at? Where's where's the Phil Collins guy? Uh, where is everybody? All right, we do have people up here. We got Terry. We got Kevin. We got Juan. And we have Chandler in Greenville next. Hey, we got Chandler. Chandler here. Yes. What's up? Hi. Hey, first thing I want to talk about, man, is I don't know why we didn't get our three seconds back at the end of the game, make six seconds left, back to the left time for a quick little out route. You know, yeah, or just complete pass. I thought that was bad, but you know, on a more positive note, I feel like the line was at 10 force. You know, we were 10 point underdogs, and I don't even think it should have been that going into the game, just with all the analytics that have came out about it. I think it was going to be a lot closer, just like it was. Um, we definitely made some mistakes, you know, letting them drive down with uh, 330 left in the fourth. That was. That was bad, and I don't know if Holton's unsure of himself on, you know, running the ball or they just don't want him doing that. Um, I feel like the uh, that little pass out of the end zone when he could have uh, easily ran for the first, I thought that was bad. But overall, I think we're still in it. I think we're we got we're three and three, and I think we can definitely we can get the six wins with the rest of the schedule. I think you know it's it's very doable. All right. Um, well, Chandler, that, that your first point. I, you know, if you get the three seconds back, I don't know where those seconds went. I, I don't. So I do agree with that. I don't either. I don't know if it matters. I don't know if you have time to do anything there and call a timeout to get closer. But I, I don't know where those seconds went. I don't either because there was a timeout left on the field on the uh, on the board for East Carolina, so they still had one timeout. There was six seconds. The ball I didn't think was placed in for play yet and the the referee had not backed out yet so i don't understand why the the play clock wound because and if you're ucf if the play clock starts to wind why in the world did they call a timeout yeah it didn't none of that none of that made sense i've seen a couple people ask why i not throw a hail mary i don't think i don't think because that was was on the 40 yard line on east carolina's own 40 yard line and you know east carolina got credit for three turnovers in that game the third turnover was at the very end of the game with the you know uh, you're trying to lateral lateral it back. I think Omotosho, you know, put it on the turf at the end, which I don't think that really counts. I don't count that as a turnover. But Actually, I was wondering where the second fumble came from. That's that was it. it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, speaking of ball at the forty, ECU had the ball at the UCF thirty nine and punted, and it went in the end zone for a touchback, yeah. which is my pet peeve, and I get it, but that is just here. Take the ball. I was thinking call a fake punt right there, especially with it being such a defensive game right there. Why not roll the dice? Yeah, I just uh, I get it. I understand it, but I absolutely hate it. It was like fourth and seven. Fourth and yeah, fourth and six or seven, I think. And you got the ball at the thirty nine and you basically just put it on the twenty for Yeah, you're in no man's land right there. It's just uh yeah. Anyway. All right. Lots of lots of plays to pick out in that game. Definitely. Let's go to Juan in Goldsboro. Hello, Juan. Hey, how you doing? Good. So I called initially to respond to the guy that said uh, that ECU should fans should uh, temper their expectations essentially, and then added in uh, 
the guy uh, Kyle from Lagrange that seemingly is more concerned with getting guests on his podcast now. But um, the reality is, no one expected ECU ECU's football team to come out and be world leaders. But when when we are in the position to win a game, and we turn into just managing a game instead of going for the freaking jugular, it is exhausting because that is exactly what Mike Houston has done over the course of his tenure. And I am tired, and I know a lot of fans are tired of of that MO. So the reality is there was plenty of chances, whether it was Holton running for a first down instead of throwing it away, or whether it was the defense Throwing, getting pressure in on the the quarterback instead of you know going into to coverage and going soft. Uh, there was plenty of opportunities, and the reality is, ECU fans as a whole have an expectation of winning when you have the opportunity to win, as opposed to being freaking beating freaking Alabama because no one expects that. But we're mostly reality based. Most most of us, and granted, there are plenty that expect us to world beaters however we most of us do not expect that and the the fact that people are giving mike houston a pass because we didn't win a game because we're not going to be world beaters and fans should temper their expectations is exhausting and that's exactly the reason that we will always be in the position we are in because people don't have high expectations and they don't have reality based expectations and they make excuses for losing when we should have won. And I hope you all have a wonderful night. Take care. All right. Thank you, Juan in Goldsboro. 317-1250. Let's hear what Kevin in Burlington has to say. Hello, Kevin. Hey, how are y'all? All right. Um, first and foremost, I want to say congratulations to Shirley, and thank you once again for your forum. And I will always start my calls that way because without your forum, none of us could vent. Secondly, uh, Juan in Goldsboro is an idiot. Um, Third, I'm going to start with things I'm not going to complain about. Then I'm going to complain about some things, and then I have a question. The things I'm not going to complain about is, I don't know if y'all watched ESPN today, but we were Reese Davis's pick to cover the spread on national television. Yeah, we saw that. And we did. And we should have won that ball game. I'm not going to sit and, and talk about the conservative play column down. I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff. But we are learning how to compete. We lost them 51 to 28 last year at home. Um, so why on earth would anybody be down? Because we they lost should, yeah. the football game. Yeah, they should have won that, that game. At the end, what are you talking about? They should have won that game. But secondly, that's, that, that, that brings me to my next point. Yeah, I know the fourth and eight. Um, that was crappy. Um, why no blitz? have no idea. Um, because if we'd put pressure on him, he'd been throwing the ball erratically all day long. Um, I am going to tell you why... Did we not call a timeout on the third and goal when we had one in our pocket? Like, Good question. Yeah. We, we had stopped them, and there was like 50-something seconds left, and even the announcers, even including the Shrieking Banshee, I, I don't know where y'all watched it at, 
But the shrieking UCF Homer Banshee that was on ESPN Plus, she's bound to be a graduate from there. They were showing, they were showing like uh, Gus Malzahn has his own TV show on ESPN, and they were and they were just pumping up UCF the entire game. And I'm like, well, God bless you. You got to have a job somewhere, but um, at some point, can't you be a little non-biased? I, I, I don't know. But um, even they were going, well, why didn't you call a timeout there to save time? Because either it was fourth and one, so either they're going to go for it and score, or they're not. And then it's a turnover on downs, and then we got more time. And I haven't really got an answer to that question. And the answer to the previous caller's question about the three-second was they said that the clock started. Um, like as you know, they got a first down, and as soon as the as soon as the whistle blows, the clock starts. And we didn't call a timeout until three seconds later. Well, we didn't call a timeout there. UCF did. Which was baffling as well. UCF called the timeout right there. But the, but they but we still had one. Yeah, we yes. called one after yes. they did. Right after they did, which was also a little baffling. We call one, we could have. But if they had told the referee, "Hey, I want to call a timeout," then the six seconds should have come back. But they said right that nobody called a timeout until three seconds went off the clock, and then at that point UCF, which makes no sense. Well, bottom line is there was right. a lot of bad clock management at the end of that game. Kevin, we got to run. Anything else, man? Um, I'd just like to say uh, one thing to Monica. I always love her takes, and I am not going to call in before I hear her takes because, to quote Bill Clinton, I'll raise my cigar to that. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Kevin, you're the worst. 317-1250. Let's go to Terry in Wilmington. Hey, Terry. Hey, y'all. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I appreciate what y'all y'all, y'all, uh, y'all really do a heck of a job sitting there and having to listen to a lot of what y'all have to listen to without giving a, a response. But uh, I don't know if anybody really understands what the word supporter means. <laughs> you know, uh I, we we we've come a long way in three years. I don't know if people realize that, but you know we've got out of our top fifty players, I think, you know, on the depth chart, uh, we got eight seniors. You know, we got we got a team that's seventy percent freshmen and sophomores. Now, everybody else, you know, because of the way things were last year, and everybody getting the extra year. If you look at rosters, everybody's older than us, and we we are we are building a program, and it's hard to build a program uh, when you have to go in and clear out the wreckage from the previous years. And so, you know, here it is, three years later. Look what look really look where we're at. Uh, like the guy said earlier, Central Florida. Who would at the beginning of the season? Who expected us to go down there and have a chance to beat them like we did today? Uh, realistically, I don't think anybody did. But for some reason, people love to—I uh, don't know where they get their coaching degree from—but 
we've got a lot of future head coaches out there. And I, I put my ma- coaching manual up when I retired. So I'm just going to support these guys. I'm going to support the coaches because I know what they're doing. Because meanwhile, while they're coaching and trying to do all this stuff, they also recruit. Because, you know, now you have to start recruiting when kids are in the ninth and 10th grade. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just want to say I support the program all the way around because I see improvement. And, uh, you know, it, it's easy to criticize. In 2020 hindsight, uh, you can't beat it. So, you know, just remember, go through a day on a 40-second time clock. See what kind of decisions you make. So, anyway, go Pirates. Uh, I think we're going to finish out with a good season, and I think next year and the year after is going to really be good. So, you guys have a good evening, and thanks for letting me call. All right. right, Thanks, uh, Terry. Terry Gallagher, former Pirate player, and that's why he has – so much pride and that's why he has that perspective he played on the field he, he knows you know what it takes but you know I, I understand why people are upset tonight i don't know how many people went in thinking we could win this game but when you see it on the field happening in front of you and you have a six point lead in the right. fourth quarter right. you expect to win that football game and that's why people expected to win tonight and that's why people are disappointed that uh, ecu did not win and the fact that you know what east carolina's offense is capable of doing during the pregame show we talked about all the weapons uh you know didn't see a whole lot of calhoun tonight one catch i think he had for six yards i would have liked to have seen the tight ends a little bit more involved uh like we had seen in in you know games past um you know i, I think and, and and, and this is not a knock at all, but, but I think a lot of people, we were, I think the coaches were, I think the players were, I think everybody was waiting for that Keaton Mitchell home run that never occurred. But that's a home run hitter. It's like in baseball, home run hitters strike out a lot. Well, guys like that, you know, we saw it with Chris Johnson. Guys that can make big plays, explosive plays like that get bottled up a lot. And it only takes that one time. And I think, uh, you know, everybody was kind of waiting to see that big home run play by keaton mitchell that just didn't come yeah kudos to ucf for not letting that happen absolutely all right uh guess what lines are locked and loaded poor mike can't get in (laughs) mike uh mike ward is sending me screenshots of how many times he's called 46 plus 14 he's called 60 times wow and has not been able to get in he gave me his number and said call me (laughs) if you get a second uh so sorry mike but lines have been locked and loaded laura b pays chandler how many chandlers are there and brian and raleigh are coming up on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show quick buccaneer music hall scoreboard update texas a&m 31 alabama 24 in the third quarter Take a timeout, come back, have more for you on the fifth quarter after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, 317-1250, the number on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. You can listen to this program traditionally on your radio dial, 92.7-1041-1250-930. You can find it online, pr927fm.com. And we have a ton of folks locked in on Facebook Live and on YouTube who are having their own discussions there. 
and calling into the program. All right, uh, boy, the, the Gus Malzahn yeah. post game UCF locker room. It looks like Gus the bus. It feels like Gus that bus. they uh, know they got lucky to get out of there with a win. They're really celebrating this win. So, God, that sucks. How about that defense? Sounds like a 85-year-old ball coach. <laughs> All right, enough of that. I can't take much more. Laura, B. Pays, Chandler, uh, you're on the way, and Brian is up now in Raleigh. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Um, first of all, uh, no asking how you're doing. Let's all be better than that. Uh, number Appreciate two, number, it. Yeah, number two, uh, I think – People who are calling for firing the coaches and whatnot, I think that's just way overblown. People, this team is two breaths away from being five and one, which I think everybody would agree would be overachieving. I mean, if we looked at the schedule in the summer and said, "What of the first six games, right? We're going to have the biggest problem with Appalachian State, South Carolina, and Central Florida." Right? And if we could somehow manage to win the game in between, beat Marshall, you know, beat Tulane on the road, and come out of there three and three, we're going to have a chance to go to a bowl game. You know, South Florida is beatable, Temple is beatable, and it hurts. Right? It hurts because we all saw what happened on the field, that if they had made better decisions or made different decisions, that we could be five and one right now, and that would just be magical, right? I, I think we all agree that that's overachieving. I think the thing to focus in on, right, is that the defense is better. They're giving up less humongous chunk plays for 50, 60-yard touchdowns, right? They're, they're in these games. They're competitive. It, has the offense been a bit of a disappointment this year? Yeah, I think we would all agree with that, right, that it hasn't been what we all thought it was going to be. You know, at this point, you're six games in, and I think we got to realize that uh, our, our offense this year is not going to be what we thought it was going to be. But the defense, I think, is certainly better. Um, you know, I think if you told a lot of people through the first six games we were 3-3 three and three, and we had a chance, a real chance, to get six wins and go to a bowl game, they would have taken it. Now, did, did we get to 3-3 three and three in the way we thought maybe we were going to get there? Maybe not, right? But... The, the pain really comes with how it happened, right? And knowing that we really had a chance to overachieve and, and, and have a, 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 you know, a bit more successful season and we let some opportunities get away. These guys have got to learn how to win, right? They, they, that's the toughest part about turning a, a, a losing program into a winner is, is, is learning how to stay aggressive, and, and overcome that, you know, overcome that challenge. You know, hopefully that they can continue to do that. But I think we're seeing progress. I, you know, I'm not one to try to be apologetic for these guys, right? They let two wins slip away, right? And, and that's disappointing, right? And that's disappointing. You know, at this level, there's no moral victories, right? You go out on the field because you want to, you're, you're playing to win. Right, you want to win these games. That's why you take the field, uh, and these guys are hurting too. But people who are calling to fire these coaches uh, that they don't know what they're doing—I mean, they are a breath away from being five and one. 
And I think we need to keep that in perspective. Things are headed in the right direction here. So, you know, hopefully they'll learn from this, you know, you know, take care of business through the rest of the season, and we can come out and we can have a bowl game, which we haven't been to in a while. That is still a real opportunity for this team. And and I think, you know, we're, we're putting people in this conference on notice that East Carolina is not a cupcake anymore, right? You're going to get a real game from these guys, and it's going to be a dogfight. Now, moral victory, right? We want to see wins on the field, but, uh, you know, it's a journey, not a destination. You, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. So you know, I'm going to back these guys. I know it's tough. I'm hurting tonight, too. Uh, but, uh, you know, I you know, look forward to, you know, hopefully a good run in Houston and then, you know, some winnable games, hopefully, with Florida, you know, South Florida Temple. You know, Memphis has been gettable. You know, Navy's been gettable. So there, there's winnable games left here where they still have an opportunity. So let's, let's support these guys. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's give them our support, uh, and uh, you know, encourage them to represent the university with pride. So, go Pirates! And uh, you know, we'll we'll shake this one off and you know, regroup for uh, for Monday. Thanks, for what you do, guys. Thank right, you, thanks, Brian. Brian going with the glass half full approach to this um, says we're a breath away from five and one. The glass half empty folks like. Casey and uh, others on Facebook Live say we are a breath away from one and five. <laughs> so what we are right now is three and three. Yeah. To his point, I would have taken that before the season started, but now that I've been able to watch the games, right, right, I I don't like you I'm can't not you can't go back in time. Yeah, you can't go back in time you, because you see the potential with fifty three points put on the board against Tulane at home, and you can see what this offense is capable of doing with all the weapons. And then when you don't see it on a consistent basis, that's what makes it tough. So yeah, I mean, obviously everybody would have probably taken that uh, at the beginning of the season, but that's just not how things play out. Three one seven twelve fifty Chandler's up in Snow Hill next. Hey Chandler. Hey guys, uh, uh, thanks for the show. Thanks for the content. Always gets me, always gets me through my week. Um, really, just want to say, you know, we got a good wide receiver core, good running back core. Defense seems to be coming on. Question really has to be asked about the QB position. It just it it lacks it lacks the forward pass. It really does. I, as much as I love Holton, hometown kid, wish he could get it going. But the forward pass is not happening. It, it, the first half seemed decent, but it, it, it failed in the second half. It just was not clicking. Um, I'll take your comments off air. Go Pirates. Uh, like I said, appreciate the show. And uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, we, hopefully a bowl game happens from here. All right. Thanks, guys. Chandler, uh, I got to tell you, I mean, these quarterbacks tonight both had – Ugly performances from what you see around college football on any given Saturday. Holt Naylor's 20 of 32, 219 yards, a touchdown, the interception late in the first half. Uh, and then Keen on the other side, 23 of 35, but only had 194 yards and an interception. So the passing was not there for either one of these teams tonight. And uh, it was uh, there for the taking for East Carolina's offense and, and Holton, uh 
you know, a few throws he'd like back, especially the one to uh, Omatosho there. Yeah, weave there. Yeah. He was wide open. He was. Holden was throwing on the run and just plain missed him. Yeah, him and, and that was probably would would have got you inside the five-yard line easily, three, two, oh, three-yard line. If he, hits him stand, if he hits him in stride, it's probably a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, so that, that one's a big miss, obviously. Um, and I agree with one of the callers earlier on that said it looked like Holton is still being – he's kind of holding himself back when running because one of the four third-down conversions they had, if you remember, was a long run by Holton Aylers, and we all had said, man, what a great run that was. He had a spin move and kind of went, I think it was like third and 12 or something like that that he picked up. I just want to see more than that. It just, it, it's kind of frustrating to see that it, it feels like something's holding him back. Yeah. Now, whether it's coaches, whether or not he doesn't want to disappoint, maybe it's over. I don't know what it is, but it's 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 there and it's real. Dade says uh, the two best defenses in the league. Uh, Dade, I don't know if you've heard of a team called Cincinnati. You should check them out. They're uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they are good. Three one seven twelve fifty. Let's go to B Pays in Raleigh. Hello, Pays. What's up, fellas? What's up? Hey, um, first of all, great play by the defense tonight. The fourth down call was horrible. Um, it's just, this is what it is. I don't know what Blake was thinking. I've had a couple, I heard a couple of people compare the 2018 UCF team, you know, how we did against them. What, so this, this was not the 2018 UCF team. Like, stop that. They went to the Fiesta Bowl. They lost one game that year to LSU in the Fiesta Bowl. So this is not the UCF team. I mean, this was a UCF team that was down five starters tonight, including their quarterback. You know, and I think the frustration comes just like with South Carolina. You know, South Carolina's horrible. I mean, they're not good. And you get a chance to get those teams when they're down a little bit and you just can't take advantage of it. I mean, where was our tight end tonight? Where was Ryan Jones? Where was Calhoun? Like, where were those guys tonight? We can't do quick we can't do quick plays to those guys, like I don't. I don't get what DK is doing. I mean, I just don't. I, I don't understand it. And and you know, and I, I'll say this then. I think the death of this team is going to be continued on the offensive side. The defense played. Besides the fourth down thing, they played well enough to win this game tonight. But the offense is just horrible. I mean, they're just. I just. I don't know. This is not concerned. I mean. Listen, we used to give Skip hell, Skip holds hell about the conservative him and Todd, uh, with the Todd Fitch. I mean, hell for what they did. But this is the this is this is below that. You know, this is below anything that Skip ever brought out. I mean, you know, at least Patrick Pinkney and, and James and Rob Cass and you know they could throw some forward passes. You know, we we're just not we're just not there right now, and I don't know what to do. And I, and I agree with what the folks said. You know, yeah, we're close to being five and one, but we're real damn close to being one and five because we haven't beaten anybody. Um, you know, Tulane is—they fell. I mean, they looked okay tonight. Marshall is three and three. Had to go into overtime today to beat a terrible Old Dominion team, and we beat Charleston Southern in the FCS team. That's our three wins this year. So. You got to win games like this tonight, and you know I don't know. I'll hang up and listen to y'all, but I just don't know. I don't know if Houston is going to fall on the sword for Donnie Kirkpatrick or for this offense. But you can't continue to do this. You you know when you get into a you know thank God we don't play at SMU or or you know God bless when we play Cincinnati. 
But, you know, if we get into teams that can put some points on the board, we're in trouble quickly. So I'll, I'll hang up a list. I appreciate it, fellas. All right. Thank you, Pace and Raleigh. Three one seven twelve fifty. Yeah, I don't think East Carolina did a good job tonight. Obviously, of of getting their playmakers out in space. We saw that in the, in the two lane game, getting guys out in space, and you know, B Pays pretty much uh, hit it with the tight ends. You didn't see Shane Calhoun get as as many touches. Uh, I think Jones had four four catches for about forty or fifty yards, something like that. Uh, but we we weren't getting those guys out in space, and with all those playmakers, we had talked that about that in the pregame show, getting those guys out in space, letting your playmakers make plays we didn't see that tonight offensively and a lot of weeks we have been maybe overall faster than a lot of teams this is one team you're team, not yeah, going to be that's faster true than. very so true their defense uh deserves some of the credit for our offensive Absolutely. struggles but we left a lot out there too all right laura is up next in the outer banks hello laura hi how are you guys good how are you okay um i've got a question i've been wondering wanting to call in for a couple of years now and ask someone to please explain to me why i i heard that it's because of the coaching staff tells us to do tells our players to do this but why do we always run up through the middle it drives me crazy that we do that because our guys can't seem to handle that it seems that you know like no offense to our Pirates because I absolutely love them. But, like, today with Oklahoma, I was watching that game, and it it seems that they have a stronger offensive line that can clear the way for our player to run up through the middle and make it through. However, with East Carolina, every ever since I've been watching it, it is, we, we we get nowhere. We very we don't get very many yards with that. And I I don't understand why we do that. If someone could please explain that to me. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, basic football is running from point A to point B in a straight line is the best way to go, period. Um, but you hit it on the head. Offensive line means everything. If you can't open up holes, uh, you know, and that's the thing. We've seen it with Keaton Mitchell early in the season, uh, well, actually all season. All he needs is to break that first line. All he does is need to break that first, that initial line of scrimmage and get into the second level, and he's gone. Nobody's going to catch him. So you got to keep the defense honest with the run. But I do agree, it's been tough for East Carolina to run between the tackles. Well, we've done this year after year after year and play after play after play, and it's like you do it, if you do it, you know, two times out there, you don't have many times to do it, out, you know, per game, and you keep doing it, and you got to do something different. And we do it game after game after game. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah, that's why we saw during the rally era to mask if we had offensive line issues, all those screens out to the outside, those quick screens. It's a way to get at the ball on the outside, get some blockers ahead and a playmaker to get the ball up the field. And because we just don't have the the big offensive line like the Oklahoma's you mentioned uh, earlier. And if you remember when we were calling those plays, when Lincoln Riley was calling those, how many many times on the postgame call-in show did people say, I'm tired of seeing bubble screen to the right, bubble screen to the left. All the time. Run and then punt. You know, I mean, so it, it kind of is what it is. Um, but I do agree, you know, tonight, 
seeing a lot of run in between the tackles, A-gap runs um, on first and second down, getting nowhere, and then you're stuck in third and long situations, which obviously this year East Carolina has not been able to convert third third and long, well, third and any, really. Um, third down situations have been terrible this year, and especially in third and long situations. So it's very frustrating at times. Well, yeah, but we have done some good things with thirds. You know, I mean, it's or. Maybe I'm wrong on saying that, but anyway, um, let me. So, speaking of Lincoln Riley, you know, maybe we need to go back and look at his playbook, and you know, go back through the years, even past Lincoln Riley, and look look at the tapes and look at the books or whatever, and go from there and put it all together. You know. All right. Well, thank you, Laura, for the call. We've had some good coaches, and you know, it's just. You need to look at what he's doing now. Um, he's good, and and it's a shame that he had to go away. But that's that's not what this is about. It's about us doing better, and we have done better this year. And I do appreciate you guys being there because you give us a, the fans a place to to vent. All right, that's you got it. Game. But all right, thank you. All right, thanks. Maybe he uh, left a playbook when he split town. He left one behind. Well, is it the, the is it the same? Was it a was it a blue or a green playbook in the Water Boy that was <laughs> folded up? And do you remember the uh, playbook? Yeah, maybe uh, yeah, maybe it was. I can pick that up. Yeah. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. Keith, Charlie, James, hang on. We're coming to you next, and we have one open line. Nope, never mind. Shirley just answered the phone. Sorry, Mike Ward. You'll never get oh in. Oh, my goodness. 317-1250. Hey, he's, uh, he's also a Mets fan, Weave. He's used to disappointing. Uh, obviously. <laughs> we'll uh, take your calls when There's we return. There's not many Mets fans left. We're back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Thank you to Tiebreakers for the awesome post-game food. Hope to sub with some wings and things and uh, some cheesesteaks as well. You can head to Tiebreakers, uh, get curbside pickup, order online, tiebreakersnc.com, or head over there on Sunday and watch all the NFL action. Panthers taking on the Eagles. Our Washington football team will be taking on the Saints at beautiful FedEx Field. Uh, all the uh, <laughs> other action going on, all the games will be there for you uh, at tiebreakers. All right, uh, we have lines locked and loaded on the fixed NC live line. Call uh, Mully if you got uh, damage, 999 Just call us. Call him first. Just call us first. Uh, our number is 252-317-1250. Tybo, James, Charlie, you are on deck, and Keith is in Orlando. Hey, Keith. Hey, guys. Um, just thought I'd call in uh, tonight to give you a point of view from inside the stands. My wife and I just got home from the game. Uh, living in UCF country now for a couple of years, and if I have to hear charge on one more time, um, it's not going to be great. But when we walked in, multiple people were just like, hey, where's East Carolina from again? And I'm thinking to myself, how long have we been in the same conference? And then in their hype video, of course, they spelled our name Eastern Carolina, um, but just the same level of disrespect from the beginning. But I think they thought they were just going to walk over us, even with starters down, right? I think they were just going to drop 60 on us and call it a game. But even though we didn't win in the end, I think our players played very hard. And I thought they played well up until the end, obviously. But 
what I wanted to talk about early, somebody mentioned that maybe a technical problem and not being able to hear the crowd on TV. Again, we were in, right in the middle of UCF fans, and that crowd was out of it. They had completely kind of checked out. They knew they were going to lose right until that fourth and eight call. Um, they were nasty. They were rude. They were throwing stuff at us. Like, they were not thrilled that we had made it a game. But, again, I love my Pirates. My wife and I are, in, again, Central Florida the whole time. We're always – support them and go to the games when we can. We're lucky enough to maybe go to Tampa one year or go to UCF the next. So, again, I'll take your comments off the call, but, again. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm kind of rambling. I thought my wife went through that, so I'm sorry. Again, <laughs> uh, we, we, we thought it was going to be a great game. I came in with wonderful hopes. It didn't work out, but hopefully they get a good rest, rest week. Um, and then we come back to play hard against Houston. I'll take your comments off there. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for the call from uh, Ground Zero there in Orlando. And I, I will say the crowd uh, looked good on TV. Pirates uh, with their play and really UCF struggles uh, might have taken the crowd out of that game. They finally got down, uh, loud there at the end, Weave, when they scored and ECU got the ball back with about – what was it 30 20 seconds left 20 seconds left to play with a timeout yeah. Uh, but yeah it was definitely an audio issue on espn plus oh, yeah. because we couldn't hear hardly anything from the crowd even on third downs and things like that but uh kudos to the ucf fans for showing up they they hadn't won a game or played a home game since september 11th billy that's almost a month yeah and uh the, the team came back to orlando and and they showed up tonight so yeah it's, to it's a good place to play yeah i i don't you know UCF I mean they've been they've been very good I don't I don't know it's it's just weird to me that anybody calls East Carolina Eastern Carolina anymore either that's just I, I don't know that just baffles me if you're a football fan how do you do that I just I don't understand that especially if it's going to be in their hype video that's that's crazy to me all right uh 317-1250 Charlie's up in Pittsburgh hey Charlie hey Cliff hey Billy hey how, how you doing I'm taking my call as always I've been better uh, how are you guys doing well, yeah, we've been same. better, too. About the same. <laughs> well, I want to start off my call uh, with a quick shout-out from my girlfriend, Anna, in Pittsburgh, uh, to future East Carolina Hall of Famer Shirley Rhodes uh, on her excellent work, as always. Uh, if anything's right in the world, hopefully she will make it into the East Carolina. Well, you know, she went to Barton, so is, is she like an honorary? Do we give her an honorary degree and put her in? Charlie, how's that work? You know, you guys are closer to it than I am. I'm just a fan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll put her in. (laughs) He just makes the suggestions. We got to make it happen. (laughs) Well, I will. uh, I'll make a quick comment as well, uh, since we're we're talking about the ESPN Plus stream. Um, I don't know if anybody else was lucky enough to be watching from the Triangle area, but uh, it seemed like at least once per commercial break, sometimes twice in a row, uh, we got treated to this great Dave Doran Wolfpack football Coca Cola commercial. I hear a lot of people yeah. talking about that. I don't know if I saw it. Yeah, we didn't, I didn't get see that it. here. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's just a different feed or just it's regional or uh, I, I don't know how that works, but I don't remember seeing that. But gosh knows we had to see Dave Doran too many times during that football game. So that, was a, that was a special kind of torture uh, <laughs> as opposed to the arena well, in addition to the loss. But it was a frustrating game. I mean, I think, like other callers have said, I think we were the better team. I think we deserved to win. Um, but, you know, in a close football game, that's what happens sometimes. Uh, sometimes the ball bounces the other way. And, uh, you know, and, and the thing about a close game like that is everybody can pick a different thing and say if this were different, you know, the game would have been different. And they can all be right. And, uh, you know, one thing I'll say, I mean, I think it is very feasible that we could have ended the first quarter 14-3 to 3, 
if it weren't for the little thing, you know, ball control and penalty. Um, you know, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to say that anything uh, else mentioned is, is less valid, but, you know, you can pick out a lot of things in a tough ball game and say that was the, the thing that did it. But, you know, the team didn't uh, didn't get embarrassed. We went out there and fought hard, and there's still a lot of promise uh, for this team. I still think we can make a bowl game. And, um, you know, I'm glad we've got an off week next week to prepare for a beatable Houston team. Um, you know, I, I, it won't be an easy game, of course, but I, you know, I don't think they're – they're anything that we couldn't get on top of if we uh, if we played like we can. So I hope people will stick behind the team and uh, go Pirates, and y'all have a good night. All right, thank you, Charlie in Pittsburgh. I tell you what, there was a lot of those plays you could uh, recap tonight and say the game would have been different. I, I still, and, and we, I know you do too, think the biggest one is going so soft on yeah, the fourth and eight fourth and eight play and yeah. not coming after the qb yeah and as far as the penalties east carolina was okay with them in the penalty department they only had four penalties for 20 yards on the flip side it was eight penalties for 80 yards for uh ucf so i think the penalties actually hurt ucf much more than they did east carolina they had those back-to-back uh offsides that, that and really that's the thing that's that's two of the four penalties that east carolina had all night but that directly resulted in three points you well I say that because it was a third and nine situation. You don't know that the defense would have held them right there. You suspect that they may have, and, and UCF would have had to punt. Um, but as a result, we never got to see if that would come to fruition because they had two offside penalties and it was automatic first down. They marched a little bit down the field and kick a field goal. So, All right, uh, let's go next to James in Winston-Salem. Hey, James. James. Hey, James. James. Wake up. James. Oh, here we go. He's got his radio. Uh, all right, he is gone. Hall of Famer Shirley Rhodes said enough of James. <laughs> 317-1250. Let's go to Tabo in Tampa, Florida. Hello, Tabo. Hey, hey guys. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, uh, we were at the game uh, today, so we were, like you said, we were at ground zero uh, for all the action. Um, and I just want to comment, not so much on the game. I mean, obviously, we got to find ways to, to get uh, 6.7 points instead of field goals in crucial uh, situations. But just the overall atmosphere at the game played just a tremendous impact. And I think that we have to, East Carolina, um, for their home uh, field, really has to look at what Central Florida is doing um, in the game day atmosphere once the game starts. Um, and really, like, the, the music they're playing, the way they got the, their fans engaged and just kept them uh, the momentum throughout the entire game was just a huge game-changer uh, when the game was on the line. Um, and it has nothing to do with the East Carolina fans um, for home games. But, I mean, you take a look at what UCF's doing, Penn State, Clemson, and I know they're on a different level and have more money to spend, but just the overall atmosphere with the music that they're playing, the way that the bass, they drop the bass, um, and the way they, the stadium was just rocking. And, and I really think we'd have the opportunity to do that there. I know John Gilbert was at the game. He was standing on the sidelines. And hopefully someone in the athletic department was really just taking notes of what was going on um, and things to be able to engage the fans and not so much break tradition of things that we, we do in Greenville, but just really just pump in the, the energy a little bit more than what we're doing right now. 
Well, well, that's all I have to really say. All right. Well, thanks, Tybo. And and I think uh, a a lot has to be um, a lot of the credit for that atmosphere at the bounce house goes to the students there because the students are getting involved. And and like you had mentioned, they cater to the students with the music and the way they kind of run the the stadium there. They cater to uh, to that that age group and if you look at UCF's enrollment they have a huge student body and I think that's a huge difference uh, there in the bounce house and a lot of other places because their students show up in droves and they really get into the game all right thank you for the call there so uh, he liked the atmosphere there wants to see some of that implemented at Dottie Ficklin Stadium when we return our next home game will be a Thursday nighter yeah it's gonna be blackout all right, uh, Bobby, Kevin, Larry, hang on. We are still taking your calls late into the night. Alabama is opting for a field goal, and they will get the field goal, and now they still trail Texas A&M right. 31 to 30 with 8.48 left to go in the ball game. Also, uh, Michigan and Nebraska coming down to the wire here. They are tied. I might be behind on this one. Uh, but it looks like they're tied with a minute 30 left to go. So we'll update you on everything going on on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. All right, uh, Dave, Larry, Kevin, and Bobby, hang on. We will be back with you with more on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Ah, sorry. We're back with you. Watching uh, some crazy extreme bicycler. Yeah, leaves and, and Michigan, Nebraska, and Alabama and Texas A&M. We got it all here. All right, let's update you real quick. Alabama down by one, but they just got the ball back. 7.23 left to go in the game. Texas A&M with a one-point lead on CBS. Nebraska just threw an incomplete pass, but I, we're going to have a taunting call here on Michigan, and it was after the play. Does that give them a first down, or will it be Michigan ball? Oh, Michigan's ball, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a Big dumb, play. dumb taunting penalty, but it will not come back to haunt them as uh, they should be able to get uh get away with the victory and that that might have been a, a penalty in the nfl hitting the quarterback low so uh there's some updates on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck chandler you look ready to go the buck and you're darn right the buck the buck the buck the buck the buck i don't know if you updated it but notre dame escaped i saw that virginia tech was up by eight they were up by with eight. like two or three minutes yeah and then they scored went for two tied it and uh, they were able to get the ball back and drive down and, and kick the field goal late and, and escape uh, Blacksburg with a victory. All right. Well, let's uh, head back to the Fixed NC Live line. Dave, Larry, Kevin, hang on. Let's go to Bobby in Florida. Hey, Bobby. Hey, guys. Good evening. Um, I've waited till midseason to call in. Um, I can't believe the preceding caller. I don't want to call out anybody normally, but he's talking not about our football team, was he a plant for UCF to, to, to you know, uh, promote their environment? That is one of the most artificial environments in all of college football. I've been there multiple times. It's 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 just not real. And tonight, what were there? Honestly, probably thirty five thousand people in that stadium. I mean, 
It wasn't sold out. I mean, I, I'd be embarrassed as a pirate to call in here and promote the UCF environment and what we need to do in our stadium. That is a complete crock. Dowdy Ficklin is the best environment in this conference. Now, we've stunk for five years, but it's still the best. When things are going good, it's the best environment in this freaking conference, bar none. UCF is a fraud when it comes to that. Now, on to more important things. I am so impressed by this team that we are competing like we have not done for five or six years. UCF has more talent and more depth than our team. But you know what? We may not have won this game tonight, but they didn't push us around like they've been doing since 2016. We stood up as a team, and I give the, those, that team, our team, our guys, all the credit. They, they could have gone in there and lost 41 to 10, like we normally would have a few years ago. But they stood up, they fought, and they darn sure would have won the game. As far as the coordinators, a lot of people call in here. We talk about Blake Harrell and what happened on fourth down. Travesty, no doubt about it. We talk about our offensive coordinator, Donnie Kirkpatrick. I can't figure the guy out. He's like an enigma. Uh, can Holton run? Can he not run? Who knows? I mean, that was one of the biggest plays of the game. I think it was second quarter. We talked about, or It's been talked about here multiple times. He's got nothing but pasture in front of him. Might have scored a touchdown. He tries some crazy pass to CJ in the back of the end zone, who, by the way, needs to be worked in the offense, Donnie, if you're listening. But anyway, the buck stops with Mike Houston, not the coordinators, especially on that fourth, fourth down uh, call late in the game. Um, I like where we're headed. We should have won this game tonight, but we didn't. But I will promise you this. This team will rebound, and Houston's going to get it in two weeks. So mark my words, Houston in two weeks going down, and a year from now, UCF's going to roll in a Dowdy Ficklin, and we're going to roll them like they rolled us for five years. I'm out. Great show. All right, there is Bobby in Florida. Making predictions. You heard it here first. East yes. Carolina taking down the Cougs. All right, 317-1250. Let's go to Kevin in Grimesland next. Hello, Kevin. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? So, yeah, man, I mean, it was a hard night, um, but I still believe. There you go. I believe, too. We got one believer out there. <laughs> I'm a believer. Hey, I didn't have to sing tonight. That's the good thing about uh, not winning. True, yeah. Kenny, Kenny told me I had to sing after the game if uh, East Carolina went to UCF and, and won, so I'm not going to sing. That's good news. <laughs> um, I mean, one thing, you know, with the last caller, you know, talking about, you know, artificial um, whatever um, atmosphere, I mean – one of the issues I see is, you know, after halftime and then third quarter, I mean, our fans are leaving the stands like it's nobody's business. And every time they show clips of UCF, you know, in the fourth quarter, I mean, that stadium is packed. It's still rocking. Um, our guys, I mean, our fans, we got to stay in the stands all four quarters, support these guys, um, stop leaving to go back out and tailgate some more. All right. Um, stay out there, support your guys. Um, I don't understand the the all the fire behind you know some people talking about you know I think Houston should be fired I mean that's crazy talk now for the OC something's got to change I mean it looks like his playbook can fit on the post-it note this is the same plays over and over um, just we just got to work on our offense but that's all I got to say guys. Kevin, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you being up late with us tonight on the US Cellular. 
fifth quarter call-in show. No, touchdown Alabama. Billy, it's uh, almost impossible to stop Alabama. It it's definitely impossible when you don't cover the guy, the wide receiver outside. Yeah. Because nobody gotta, was guarding him. Yeah, you got to put a got to put a man on him. You know, kudos <laughs> to, on the, the drive before this to Texas A&M yeah. because Alabama had it first and goal on Texas A&M, and they held him to a field goal, but then Alabama gets the ball back, marches right down the field, and they're going to take the lead here. So they're going to be up by – Five. Well, it was thirty. It was thirty-one thirty before there. So yeah. it's it, right now. It's thirty-six thirty-one. And they'll pending uh, the extra point. See if they go extra point or, or they go, go two, two here. Yeah. All right. Uh, so there's an update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Michigan, by the way, winners over Nebraska. Going for two. And uh, the tide is going for two. All right. Larry is up in Texas. Hey, Larry. Hey, how y'all doing? All right. Doing good, man. All right, well, here's the deal. Uh, so Bobby talks about the, uh, the bounce house not being that big uh, and, and bouncy, but I'll tell you what, uh, they got 48,000 capacity, we got 50,000 capacity, and their 35,000 capacity they had tonight is a lot bigger than the 35,000 capacity that we talk about when we've had people in our stadium. So they got it done when they needed to get done, and it was very difficult for them to lose three in a row, and, and they did not, and it was very difficult for us to win four in a row. But I'm going to tell you something right now. we got to make tough decisions when it comes down to who we are playing when it comes to college football. And, I mean, no disrespect, I love East Carolina University through and through. I'm a pirate to the day I die. But when you get guys on the radio that are homers to this university whose kids play at the university, there's got to be a bias. And y'all know it. Y'all know it. We got beat by a freshman quarterback who is he weighs less, shorter and he got it done and we got a four-star athlete have can, can any of y'all name me a four-star athlete that we have on this team that we've uh recruited other than mason garcia well what what point are you trying to make that we're the ones playing hold nailers every week is that what you're saying i'm saying that we've got to look to the future and the transfer portal that what's that got to do with us though we don't make the calls on that no, we don't. But I mean, if you get people calling in and complaining and just you know venting, that's what I'm doing right now, right? Yeah. Don't get upset. Don't get upset when when we got you know you know. I'm trying to understand your point. I, I don't have anything to do with Holt Naylor starting, and, and I don't. You, you don't, but there's the politics of local Greenville, and you get folks that come in that you know air on the show whose kids play for the team, and I I love Holton, but, I mean, at some point in time, we just got to figure out what's the future. Uh, Shane Carden came in when we were downtrodden in 2011, third game of the year against South Carolina, played terrible, and ended up being Shane Carden, who is a legend at ECU. And if we squander potential because of hometown politics and local love you it's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt us. And the transfer portal was serious. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think the best players should play. We just said earlier in the year we thought we should see Mason Garcia more than we have. But I, I still I, I still don't believe that Mike Houston – I mean, Mike Houston has his family to think about, his future to think about. I don't think he cares who the PA announcer for ECU is. I just – I can't – believe that I, so, so I, I i agree and disagree uh and i mean well, that's interesting because because that the same thing is uh you know when you're the head coach at ecu and you make decisions i mean we ran out rough and neil because of uh because of vocal vocal people 
Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Well, people with money, yeah. I, I think you think Morgan. But, that, but that's at every college I think football you, team. I think you in think the Morgan Ayler's has more clout and more money than he actually does. Or more, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, and and you, you guys' defense is, is, is a pure example of that. But my point is, is we ran out a good head coach because we thought our money was bigger than our pocket was. Uh, our mouth was bigger than our pocket was. And the, the point is, is we, we have never had a four star recruit like we have in Mason Garcia. And if we don't look to the future, we risk losing the future of ECU. I love Holton. I think he's a great quarterback. But when you make decisions like when you have a wide-open pylon and you could run 10 yards and you lose pounds to get faster and you don't run and you throw the ball that could have been the difference in a game, I mean, that's tough. That's tough to swallow. And then when you look at, like, little decisions that are just, my God, like, how, how do you do this? How do you, how do you, how do you do this? And, and he's not a bad quarterback, but my point is, is we have to look to the future. We have to think about the future. We don't have to look at Greenville anymore. We have to look to who is going to take us, and we have a four-star recruit. We've never had a four-star recruit, and we got one, and we're going to risk losing it if we don't start getting smart. All right. Well, you know what? Let me, let me just say something about the four-star recruit thing. Four stars means nothing. Mason Garcia has not done anything yet at East Carolina, and until he does well, something on the field, those four stars mean nothing. So well, just, just throwing is, it out there to put a guy on the field just because he's got four stars. We haven't we haven't seen him to we, we to haven't see seen if he those four stars yet. And, and Cliff, I totally agree. That's the thing. We we four stars don't mean nothing. We we, we well, that was Billy. Are, we make our money. We make our money out of doing more with less. Right. We've always have. Yeah. Chip on our shoulder. That's what we do. But when you get a four-star one time, one time, and you don't give a chance or you, you hinder that opportunity, I hear you. you're going to be left with what could have been. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, that's a, that's a coach thing. I mean, yeah. I, to point the finger at, like, hey, hey, a, a pirate radio host is kind of weird. Hey, but but Mason Garcia's dad don't get to don't get to come on uh, pirate radio. <laughs> he could if he wanted to. If he hey, look, we, we would. <laughs> God, is, I hear you, man. I hear you. Okay. So I'm just I'm just saying. There's no shade. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I love pirates through and through. I love Holton. Uh, you know, I, Morgan is a great gang announcer. I understand. You're frustrated with the play. We've talked about the 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 lack of plays tonight. We get it, man. I understand. I got you. But when do we when do we move on and when do we go? What's the thing? when the coaches decided, Larry? I can't make that decision. Neither can you. What do you not understand about that? There's local politics, bud. God, <laughs> what? I don't, what do we do? Go out and vote. <laughs> you know what I do too. You do it. I know it. You know what? You can't put you can't put somebody on air and you can't say that we don't support you 100% and your son 100% if you don't want to play the other guy. You can't do it. You, and Mike Houston is handcuffed. Mike Houston is handcuffed. No, Mike Houston's not Mike handcuffed. Houston don't that's, give that's, a damn no. about Pirate Radio. He's no. not. It, he doesn't care about. But if Mike Houston but if Mike Houston was to play Mason Garcia next week, he said Mason Garcia is my starting quarterback next week. What would local Greenville radio, what would, what would Pirate Radio, what would local folks do? They would lose their mind. No, nah, I don't agree with that. No, you don't. No, nah, I don't agree with that. 
I, I don't agree with that. If Mike Houston was to make, if Mike Houston was to make the decision right now after tonight's game and said, you know what, next week, well, not next week, next game, Mason Garcia is going to be our starting quarterback, then we would see what would happen. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I I, I don't see where the uproar would be. Um, you know, I mean, we get a lot of calls and comments, Larry, every game that though, about say, benching yeah, about Nailers. About yeah, we I have mean, we have people saying you're not the, the only person like that wants to see different quarterback play. But I'm just saying, would y'all have Morgan on every week if it wasn't Morgan hosts the high school huddle and he joins me to talk football, and Morgan would do his high school show. If he would like to come on as a guest on my show, he can. If he chose not to, he doesn't. A&M. Huh? That was a great touchdown by AM and the quarterback, sir. Well, we got to go, Larry. We, we got more calls, but. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just I know you're just saying. You said it. Go Pirates. All right. We got we got to look to the future. All right. Y'all take care. Thanks, Larry. All right. Coming up, Mason Garcia's dad show on Pirate Radio. We got to give every quarterback's dad a show. All right. Uh, Dave is in Winston-Salem. Hey, Dave. Yeah, hey guys, uh, I'm uh, driving back from the game. I was in Orlando, and uh, wow, I tell you what, first of all, you know, it was a great game, and uh, I thought we controlled we controlled the game pretty much. We ran up and down the field, and, you know, we had the first quarter fumble, and then in the second quarter kind of wilted, you know. Uh, I think one drive, Ehlers got sacked like three times in a row, but, you know, we kept we kept just hanging in there and then got up and near the end of the game after they kicked that field goal and I was I was saying you know wow we dodged a bullet and all we had to do was get a first down uh it was five minutes and one second when we got the got the ball back and all we had to do was get a first and we we had done that so effectively the whole game and I was shocked that we could just get a few first downs and go in with that 16-10 uh, to 10 win. Um, you know, it's funny. I just listened to the last guy, and I've listened to several. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, some of these dead horses, we got to just stop beating. I was at homecoming. I was down here this week cheering them on. I was in the student session with my wife. And, man, I'm going to tell you what, they were some fired-up kids and, you know, you have to start talking about the the people that are not showing up at Greenville. They should start showing up. Uh, I came down here because I love the program and also got excited after uh, I went to the South Carolina game, watched Marshall on TV, and then went to homecoming. Uh, saw a bunch of old friends, and I just felt that electricity again at homecoming. So I came down here. And watched a great football game. So, you know, um, we've got weapons. But I tell you what, Raji ran the ball. And that fourth quarter, I was like, just put Raji in and keep, you know, letting him kick out left like he did all the way down the field that one time. So, um, what do you guys think? You know, what were your reflections on the game? I, you know, <laughs> right. balls, but we got to keep going, you know? All right. Thank you, Dave. We're about three hours or whatever into this thing. Our reflections, uh, tough loss. And that tin can was killing my ears. But thank you for the call, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, missed opportunities. The uh, missed opportunities and playing too soft on fourth and eight. Yeah. That was the, uh, that's, that's the, the bottom line of the game. And playmakers, just uh, just not getting your playmakers involved in the game. And local politics uh, cost us this game as well, yeah. according to Larry. Michael, Owen, Bryce, hang on. We'll get to your calls. We are still rolling on. By the way, 
Hey, don't spoil the uh, the call, the touchdowns either, Larry. Don't, come on, man. We're, we were behind because we're streaming in here. <laughs> Texas A&M uh, scores a touchdown. It is 38 all with three minutes left. Alabama gets the ball. This is some drama yeah. unfolding on CBS. All right, we'll uh, take a timeout, come back, and have more for you on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Conspiracy Radio, the U.S. Cellular <laughs> Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Texas A&M has it. That is a catch, I think, and should have it around midfield as time running down here tied with Alabama. Uh, this one on CBS. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on. We still have lines locked and loaded. Gene, Bryce, Owen, hang on. Let's go to Michael in Charleston, South Carolina next. Hey, Michael. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's up? Oh, I guess it's been a long time I've been called. I'm not going to go down the woulda, coulda, shouldas. You guys have been doing that all night long and probably got to do it even after this call. Um, what I do want to do is a shout-out to my Low Country Pirates for always supporting me. Um, I've been doing the uh, Pirate Alumni Association for about six, seven years now. And every time we have a viewing party or networking events, they always show out. And um, tonight, there was no difference. We had a, um, a, a joint viewing party with the Knights this evening, and we had plenty of Pirates show out. Unfortunately, we lost, so can't say anything about that. But I just wanted to do a shout-out to those guys and also put in, um, you know, a, also a welcome for you guys. If you ever find yourself down in the low country, please look us up, and we'll show you a good time. Thank awesome. You. All right. I tell you what, that's one of my favorite places down there. The Low Country, Charleston, South Carolina, in that area is amazing. Love that place down there. Definitely will take you up on that if we get down there. All right. You guys have a good one. Uh-huh. All right. And we hope to never see Charleston Southern here again, by the way. That was too close. <laughs> Let's never play yeah. them again. All right. Let's go to Tampa and talk to Owen. Owen, what's up? Hey, Cliff. So, Cliff, anytime I talk to you, you know I only care about one thing, and that's winning games. I don't care how we do it, just win the damn game. And when you give a game away like we did tonight, uh, it's pretty upsetting. You go into a to a stadium against a team that is missing a lot of players, missing Dylan Gabriel, missing that wide receiver, their, their best running back. You can't lose that game. I mean, you just can't. And, Billy, I think – you had said earlier, oh, that you felt like the better team did not win tonight. Um, I disagree with you. If they can be down that many players, especially Dylan Gabriel, and still win, then we are not better than them. We just aren't. And we still should have won that damn game. I don't, I don't care about fourth and eighth not blitzing or did somebody throw a pass or run. I don't care. You have to win that game when they're down that many players. And to sit here for people to call in and go, oh, we should be happy because three years ago they would have beat us by 30 or 40. What the hell do you think they would have done if Dylan Gabriel and those guys would have played? They would have cut us in half. So when we had our chance to win a game and we give it away, it's just like you guys mentioned about the South Carolina loss. We gave it away. You cannot give away games, period, especially when you sucked as much as we have. When it's there for the taking, you take it. And we don't do it. And that's all I got for you. I'll see you boys later. 
All right. Owen and Tampa All right, wants man. to win. All right. A couple of things. First of all, I do think that East Carolina was the better team. Now, we're not talking about better programs because if you take those five starters and put them out on the team, that's a better team than East Carolina's. Tonight, the team that was on the field for UCF, I don't believe was the better team. Uh, taking advantage, uh, you know, as far as the, the fourth down plays and stuff like that and, and having those guys out there. You know, it, it, like you said, if Dylan Gabriel would have been ha, had been out there, it might have been a, a whole different story. They might have put forty points on us. That didn't happen, so I did have a problem with the fourth and eight call just because of the fact that you had a freshman quarterback out there. You didn't have Dylan Gabriel out there, so that's why you put pressure on the guy. So that's just my thought. I, I truly think that the better team was East Carolina tonight. Maybe not the better program at this point if you add those five stars and especially Dylan Gabriel into the mix. But tonight, I think East Carolina was the better team but didn't win. Three but that's just, that's just my opinion. Back uh, to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter calling show. Back to the Fixed NC Live line. I'm running out of words. It's getting late. Uh, Bryce in L.A. is up next. Hey, Bryce. Hey, guys. You know, I just, I'd like to say that I'm really happy that we never have to go down to that trash of a stadium uh, ever again and play those trashy Central Florida players that like to do that same old crap that they did with Marcus Crandell. I remember how they ruined our season and how they tried to do it to John Young today. They're, they're as bad as South Florida, and I cannot wait until they go to the Big 12 so I can pull a Cliff Brock State Bonaventure special and gear up and whoever they have to play all the time <laughs> to shove it in their dirty faces every daggone week. <laughs> all right that was hey that's something i wanted to touch on earlier and didn't mention uh the john young thing man i tell you what t- talking about dodging a bullet when he went down i thought wait a minute there's one of our star players um that's gone down and i think if if i remember correctly clip what you had brought up the point of uh third i think it was or fourth in uh six seven, or seven yeah. on the 39 yard line where he punted that didn't seem like a normal john young punt there and that was right after that it was shortly after that i believe it just didn't seem like john was was still all there if that makes sense it still it, it felt like he I was thought, still might have been that was after bit. i thought i think you missed up that order i don't maybe know. anyway maybe uh cameron says someone want to tell bryce we go back to ucf in two years no cameron we don't want bryce to know that right now <laughs> he can't handle that maybe. I, I, i'm there i am there we're gonna shove it down the throats and maybe somebody who calls in, Larry, whoever you are, what's your face? And we'll have Mason Garcia to really stuff it to him then, too. Go Pirates! All right. All right. There's Bryson L.A. Down goes Bama. Wow. 41 wow. to 38. Last second field goal. storming the field. And they are storming the field in uh, Aggie Land. So down goes Bama. What a wild year. <laughs> Saban doesn't know what to do. Question for you They are unranked, they were three and two. Is Cincinnati ranked higher than Alabama next week? No, no. Yeah, that's probably you're probably right. I, I mean, it's the reality of it. It's Cincinnati. It really is. All right. You well, know that that's that was like a that's deal. like that's well, that's like saying if that was East Carolina, would they be? You know, I mean, Cincinnati's not going to get the national respect that that Alabama does. Three one seven twelve fifty. Gene is up in Atlantic, North Carolina. Hey, Gene. Hey, how are you doing? Great. I would like to say. Uh, the guy, uh, I'm a few callers behind, but the guy that called in talking about Garcia should be playing and talking about holers and his um, his dad holers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, 
been a long night. Yeah, it has. Hold, uh, holders, holders. Yeah, same. we got you. We got you. You know what I'm saying. But anyway, uh, he's going to play the best player. You know what I'm saying? He's going to play the best guy. He's not going to – He's he's still got a job to keep. He's still got games to win. He's not going to put – you know, that guy was just killing me. And I think he was killing you all too. And I've just been sitting here – waiting on hold just to tell you that and i know it doesn't mean anything but go pirates we're doing better everybody all the negativity it's not you know it's getting there give them some time and that's all i gotta say thank you all right gene thanks for calling in man 317-1250 look larry's not the first guy to 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 say something like that and if mike houston really is only playing holt nailers because he's from greenville then that is a uh that's awful coaching by Mike. That's Houston. a fireable offense. <laughs> it really is. That's, mean, that's that is that's something you would think uh, would come out of Steve Logan's mouth. That is a fireable offense. I mean, if it, he is playing him just because he's from Greenville. That is a fireable offense. In all seriousness, Mike Houston, <laughs> like this is not his last job. He no, has no. Uh, higher aspirations than coaching East Carolina. But I mean, his first job is to make this a winning team, go to bowl games, all that. But Mike Houston's not going to start a guy because he's from here and his dad's the PA announcer. And it's certainly he's not going to start a guy because his dad has a high school show on Pirate Radio. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. If you believe that, then uh, I-, I need more uh, evidence than what Larry could provide earlier. All right, uh, 317-1250, what do we got? One more break. Last call for your calls. Hey, Mike Ward, you still up? We have an open line. <laughs> 317-1250. We're back with more on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, they are covering wow. the field, and I mean all of Kyle Field, all 100 yards are taken up by A&M fans and students after the Texas A&M Aggies knock off Alabama and uh, the college football world takes another turn. Georgia going to be the number one team next week after they handled Auburn on the road today. All right, I look to my right and see we have no callers for the first time this evening. Are you ready for a stat to consider? Stat to consider. What do you got, Billy? Jimbo Fisher, the first former Nick Saban assistant coach to beat Saban head-to-head. He was, uh, assistant coaches were 0 of 24 before tonight. Wow, that is a great stat on the UBE stat sheet. Jimbo getting it done. The crazy Jimbo. thing is, you, you would say, well, now, where's A&M back in the uh, the playoff chase? They've already lost two games. Yeah. They're already out of it. I mean, this is a great win, but uh, kind of a shame they let a few get away from them already in uh, 2021. All right, uh, let's get to our Brown and Wood Drive of the Game, brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation and Eastern North Carolina for over 80 years. Brown and Wood has four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, and that's that you leave a happy customer every time. They also have one weaver. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard, Greenville, online at brownandwoodauto.com. 
B and Dub. Uh, Billy sold another car today. Congrats. I did. I did. Sold another car. It was like a hitting a three-pointer at the buzzer before coming in and watching the show. And I got my Brown and Wood purple shirt on tonight. Brown and Wood drive the game. 16 plays. What was it? Eight eight minutes and 32 seconds or something. It ended in an East Carolina field goal. If but it that ended was, on a touchdown, it would have been the drive of the year. It would have been It would have been the drive that won the game. 8-16. 8-16. 8-16. That's a hell of a drive. That is a drive. 16 plays. Yeah. That's uh that and but yeah. once once again, like we said, that was another one of the missed opportunities, not punching that in in that situation. No doubt. All right, uh Weave, good stuff, man. We're gonna get out of here just before Sunday morning. All righty. Three so. we are three minutes before the uh bewitching hour. Any final thoughts on this one? Mad disappointing. Very, very disappointing. Uh Pirates had it. Feels like the South Carolina loss and uh, just couldn't get it done tonight. Had it by that much. They'll be on the road. Uh, missed it by that much. In a couple weeks at Houston. We will not be here next Saturday. and uh, Or the Saturday after that. False. Wait. Oh, no, 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 no. That's right. The Saturday. Next, and, then, and then the next Saturday we're all, Yeah. We, so we'll, we will not be here two of the next three Saturdays. That is correct. But we will okay, be with yes, you. Yes. And now I'm confused. Two Saturdays <laughs> and then the following Thursday, right? Right, Thursday nighter. And uh, we'll have all your coverage here on Pirate Radio. We are, after all, controlling the football program. So uh, we are pulling the strings, baby. We are the puppet masters. Master of puppets are pulling the strings. We're not letting Mason Garcia in the game anymore. Shirley. Uh, congrats on getting in the Hall of Fame. Chandler, good luck to your Panthers tomorrow. Billy, let's hope our football team can win a second straight game. I'd love to see the Saints go down. And uh, that's all I got. Thank yeah. you, fine folks, for tuning in, being a part of today's show. Hey, and go Panthers, too. They're playing the Eagles. Ah, we'd love to see a Philly loss. We'll be back with you in a couple of weeks in the Bud Light pregame tailgate and the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Thanks to Tiebreakers for the awesome food. We'll see you there on Sunday. So long, everybody. You have been listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.